You are Locked On Padres. Your daily San Diego Padres podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another edition of the Lockdown Padres Podcast, which is part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day for Monday, December 28th. My name, of course, as always, is Javier Reyes, your host of this year's Lockdown Padres Podcast. Check out and follow the Twitter page for the show, which is at LO underscore Padres. Got all sorts of good stuff on there. Or my personal account, which is at Javapeno, which is spelled J-A-V-I-I-P-E-N-O. And if you feel so inclined, you can follow me on there, of course. And you can also send me any of your questions, comments, or concerns that you might have. And I'll do my very old best to answer them right here on the show. Voice cracked a little bit just there, but today's episode, guys, is brought to you by something that doesn't crack under pressure in any kind of way. That is Built Bar. Uh, go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKEDON and you'll get 20% off your next order. And let me tell you guys, today's a special episode. I am recording on a Sunday night because here I am, folks. Let me set the scene. Let me set the scene. So I'm just hanging out, doing my thing, checking my fancy basketball stats as one does. Believe it or not, I am out of my fancy playoffs uh, for football, so I haven't really been watching football. I caught a little bit of the Green Bay uh, Tennessee game. It was all right. It was a pretty okay game. Okay game. It kind of went the way that I think we all expect, especially with the weather conditions. But anyway, you know, just hanging out. And then I'm watching this show, Studio 60 on the Sunset Strip, which came out in 2006. It only lasted like one season, but I am an Aaron Sorkin head, and honestly, I'm really enjoying it so far. I'm just, you know, lounging around, and all of a sudden... All of a sudden, ladies and gentlemen, the notifications come in. You know, you know what I'm talking about. Here I am. You know, I've been complaining about the offseason for pretty sure like the last 10 episodes of the show with various guests that saying a baseball, it's so tight. Nothing ever happens and this and that. And then via Sir Dennis Lynn, you handsome, handsome man. Reading the tweet, the Padres have an agreement in place to acquire Blake Snell from the Tampa Bay Rays. Sources tell Josh Tolentino, Ken Rosenthal, and me. Luis Patino, Francisco Mejia, Blake Hunt, and Chloe Wilcox are heading to Tampa. Deal pending review of medical records. That is the official trade breakdown. I actually first got my tweet notification from Jeff Passan. Why do I have tweet notifications now for Jeff Passan? Not even for the baseball news as much as I just love it when I get a notification for him taking yet another victim on baseball Twitter because he is a mass murderer on there. It's one of the least... I don't think it gets talked about enough, if I'm being honest, on the sports Twitter landscape. This man is a murderer. He comes after the trolls that come after him. Shout out Jeff Passan. But anyway, thank you, Dennis Lynn. You handsome devil for the details on that thing. So what do I... All right. I, I, I don't even know where to start. I was supposed to be doing some top 10, top 20 moments pod for you guys today. But obviously, this just you know changed that. And I was about to go to bed at an early time. But we got to talk about it. First reaction to the deal is... Oh my God, Blake Snell. This guy is a literal, you know, Cy Young winner. He's an ace. He's a borderline superstar pitcher in Major League Baseball. I'd say, you know, sometimes for not the greatest reasons when he has, you know, the, the offseason drama and whatnot. I remember I did my, my podcast with Kevin Weiss like a couple weeks ago when we talked about the possibility because this, this story isn't totally out of nowhere. We got a, a few notes uh, a couple weeks ago about how the Padres were talking to the Rays about a potential um, Blake Snell trade. 
And honestly, I have to come full, you know, fully clean here and say, you know, I did my my offseason wish list and I didn't really put a lot of crazy moves in there. I didn't say, you know, I didn't say, you know, signing Trevor Bauer. I didn't even say anything about you, Darvish or Blake Snell. I think I, I just forgot, ladies and gentlemen, I, I'm going to come clean. I'm going to come clean. I forgot that A.J. Preller is the hash-slinging slasher. This man is absolutely insane. And honestly, honestly, that's the scariest part is I could absolutely see this guy going for even more stuff. But let's keep let's just keep talking about Blake Snell, right? First of all, I think one of the things that people have to realize is that one of the reasons it, you know, costs so much to get Blake Snell in this trade or depending on who you ask, which we'll get into later, is also because he's still under contract for a while, right? Snell's contract, he's under contract until the 2024 season when he'll be 31. In 2021, he makes $10.5 million. 2022, he'll be making 12.5 mil. And in 2023, he'll be making 16 mil. As you can see, getting the numbers increasingly, that's why the Rays were probably more inclined to trade him. With this trade, though, it looks like the Padres' rotation for 2021, I guess we could safely sort of project, is going to be Blake Snell at the top. Maybe to Nelson Lament. I know everyone's been kind of like pit- pitting him in there. I'm just saying, guys, I don't trust the Padres. I-, I want full confirmation that this man is healthy and ready for next year because they said uh, my Clevenger just needed a scope and then I got an alert he did a Tommy John surgery. So I don't trust that necessarily. But anyway, still, you know, I'm optimistic about it. Zach Davies, third. Chris Paddock, fourth. And then a. Who the hell knows for the fifth spot right now? Mackenzie Gore, Adrian Marjajon, and Ryan Weathers. Supposed to be Patino probably in the fifth spot as well for that, but obviously we gave him up. And then even more excitingly, though, is the projected rotation for 2022, which would be Blake Snell, Denelson Lamette, Mike Clevenger coming back on a pretty uh, good deal, by the way. They did get him at least at a discount considering he's he's rehabbing this year. And Chris Paddock fourth. And then hopefully by that time, Mackenzie Gore will be the guy that he's projected to be as one of the top prospects in baseball. But really, like I said, I'm just wondering if this pretends of future deals because Preller likes to make tons of them. I don't know if you guys knew that. And I could. I don't know if necessarily this rules out the potential that they maybe sign Trevor Bauer. I don't know exactly what it means. The only thing I do know in terms of AJ Preller himself is he's ready to make this team. He's built. This is built to win. All right, guys, this is built to win. And in terms of the Rays, you know, look. I, for first initial reaction, yes, of course I'm excited for the Padres. This is a guy that they get to keep for for a while, and is even more impressive and insane than Mike Clevenger. Mike Clevenger, there's still some like holes. You could have maybe pointed in that trade in terms of his as a, him as a player, I'd say. You could maybe make some, you know, some criticism, say that oh, he's a little bit overrated, so this and stuff, and he, he doesn't stay healthy and blah, blah, blah. And the, especially the latter uh, part of that critique is true with him uh, getting his Tommy John surgery. But with Blake Snell, this guy's just a beast. And it's really crazy to think that this guy in Game 6 gets pulled, and that was the last appearance that dude ever made for the Rays. I'm not entirely sure what the Rays are doing, but this is just... This is surely what they're known for, man. I mean, it feels like the writing has been on the wall ever since he got pulled in that game six. And you had all the controversies. You said all that you saw him visibly upset in the dugout. It just felt right. And it made sense that not only just because the Rays are who they are and they shed salary and they trade guys immediately. That's just how they run their team. But also because of this, this very vocal and very visibly upset Blake Snell, I think, after that World Series game. And I was on his side. I thought it was pretty insane that they took him out, too. But that, of course, now does not matter. And guys, here's here's a sentiment just to share. You know, in a way, you know, you look back at, say, the Padres-Dodgers series this year. Our last series of this amazing, incredible season. It didn't go the way we wanted it to. It was the... 
not so fairy tale ending for the fairy tale team in the Padres, right? And we see this all the time. The young gun upstart underdog force that everyone falls in love with, you know, doesn't quite reach the top so immediately. They lose to experience and just an overwhelming force, an objectively overwhelming force, in this case being the Dodgers. But it really does end up as only just the chapter one in that story. I mean, hey, this is always how it ends up going. I mean, the Thunder back in the day with Westbrook and Durant, they first splash onto the scene. They don't quite immediately win in the playoffs against the Lakers. Luka Doncic last year in the Mavericks, he makes those game-winning shots, but they aren't able quite just yet to come and take the seed, the, the number one seed, the number one contender seed from the Clippers. Peter Parker doesn't immediately become an Avenger. Heck, my guy Izuku Midori from My Hero Academia in the sports festival for all my anime fans out there. He loses despite his valiant efforts. He isn't able to win immediately despite all the love and the underdog love that people are starting to accrue for him. The bottom line is this. Oftentimes, underdogs take time. They just, it's so cliche to say, but oftentimes you just need to go through some sort of adversity. Basically what I'm trying to say, basically what I'm trying to say is that after the Padres lost so disappointingly over those months ago back in October, my hope was that it was simply was indeed just the beginning. It didn't end as we had oh so desperately wanted, but being there in the first place was a good moment. A moment that pretends of good things to come. A potential future in which the Padres and Dodgers are two incredible forces. One the reigning, gleeful, and sometimes smug champion, and the other the long, ridiculed, jester kind of of the league, the ultimate underdog. And both those forces going at it for years to decide who sits on top of the Iron NL West throne. I believe this trade was a nice step in that right direction towards that vision of mine coming true. It's not only great for the Padres, though. It's, of course, great for them. I mean, we know that. But arguably, it's even better for baseball. And I'm just glad to be a part of it. Now, before I kind of continue off of this uh, Aaron Sorkin-esque mini-dramatic speech I just gave at the end there, I guess you could say. Hey, I, I told you guys I was watching Aaron Sorkin show. I guess I was just in the mood for that. Uh, I'm going to talk nextly about the other side of this trade, which is the what the Rays got in return and what the Padres gave up. But before we get into that, before we get into that, guys, I need to talk to you about something very important, right? Are you, have you been watching football lately? Perhaps you're watching college football and you're watching one of the many ludicrous and asinine names for a bowl. That they, I mean, that's just the thing about, I don't watch college football. What's going on? I mean, what's next? We're going to name a, a bowl after, like, the car in the Monopoly game? I mean, what's well, oh, the, the Monopoly car bowl? It's just out of control. But maybe that's your thing. And maybe you're, you know, you're paying attention to regular season NFL football, which is what I've been doing. And the playoff fixture is becoming ever so clearer. And there's just all sorts of big matchups going on around all of sports right now. The NBA is back. But there's only one place, guys. There's only one place that has you covered and only one place that we trust when it comes to all your betting needs. That is betonline.a. Sign up today for a free account at betonline.ag and use that promo code locked on for your 50% welcome bonus. You know, I have, I'm not really going to be paying attention to football next week, but I know there's a big Steelers and Browns game coming up. The Steelers are getting six and a half points, which is interesting, I think, uh, according to betonline.ag. I don't know about that game. I think it's weird and. I think the Browns are kind of tailing off at the worst possible time for them. It's really sad because I don't know about you guys, but the Browns just shockingly low amount of coverage of the fact that this is like the best they've ever been in like their whole franchise history. But anyway, uh, guys, seriously, go check out betonline.ag. 
Don't sit on the sidelines anymore. Get in on the action. Don't forget to use the promo code Locked On to receive a 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. And now, um, nom, 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 time to talk about one of my favorite things in the world, guys. And that is food. It is a food-related thing. I love me some sports. Don't write me wrong. I love me some betonline.ag. But I do love the foods. And in this case, I want to talk about a food that's, you know, not necessarily the first thing that comes to mind for food. But it is really, really fantastic. It is the best protein bar on the market, guys. That is Built Bar. That's right, guys. They're covered in 100% chocolate. And they're soft and easy to chew. And my favorite part is they've got such a variety of flavors. They've got coconut almond, raspberry, German chocolate, peanut butter, banana bread, mint brownie, salted caramel, double chocolate, orange toffee almond, coconut, peanut butter brownie. (gasps) And six amazing new flavors, Caramel brownie cookies and cream, cherry barcia, lemon almond cheesecake, carrot cake, and apple almond crisp. If just hearing those flavor names didn't get you hungry and makes you your tumbly all rumbly, then I don't know what's wrong with you. You're crazy. But even on top of that, guys, even on top of them being delicious and having a variety of flavors, they're great for everything in your health needs. They're great for the keto diet thanks to high fiber, high protein, low sugar, and a low amount of calories. So what are we waiting for, ladies and gentlemen? Go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code Locked On, and you'll get 20% off your next order. Remember, that is promo code Locked On for 20% off at BuiltBar.com. And now, guys, let's get into uh, the second half of this podcast, guys. Let's talk about kind of, you know, the thoughts on the guys that the Padres gave up. I'm sure there's going to be plenty of takes over the coming days. I'm already seeing some takes online about the Rays in terms of not what they got, but just in terms of their philosophy as a team. And people are like they are. I saw someone calling them a Ponzi scheme because people don't necessarily all all like the fact that the Rays give up people because they just don't want to trade them. Uh, They don't want to pay them, I mean. uh, So they just trade them immediately and whatnot. There's clearly had to have been some clubhouse stuff with this. But let's talk about that other stuff, guys, okay? Mainly in terms of what the Padres sent back. Let's start with the least uh important stuff and then go our way to the most important stuff francisco mejia i'd argue is probably the eh, maybe he isn't the least important i actually say the least important is probably blake hunt who's a first baseman really raw prospect at 20 years old has some decent pop from what i've seen but there's nothing crazy look if you're gonna start saying that the padres should be careful giving up on this guy i don't know i mean what do we know? I got to bring on Aaron Layton of Locked Out MLB Prospects to talk about this. Does the guy have potential? Sure. But so do a lot of people that are here at 20 years old. Remember Manny Margot? That guy was like a top 10 prospect at one point. So I don't want to start doing this prospect kind of fetishization of Blake Hunt considering that he's so, so, so raw. This isn't like some of the up-and-comers and the, you know, in-the-farm system, really triple-A type of guys that we have uh, in across all MLB systems, to be honest, but especially with the Padres. Um, and then there's Francisco Mejia we gave up, which is... You know, the great Mejia Hedges debate is officially totally beyond us. Uh, I'm fine with the Padres dealing him as he clearly, you know, he wasn't going anywhere, you know, especially after the acquisition of um, Austin Noah being the catcher and with uh, Luis Campizano, which I actually talked about earlier. I know that there was the whole uh, arrest thing. I'm hoping that maybe the Padres are a little bit confident that, you know, that all those things will be settled and he'll be okay. But, you know, with Francisco Mejia... You know, maybe he's a change of scenery, guys. I actually would tell uh, all the Rays fans out there that might be maybe you're so upset and maybe you're wondering, did you get a big haul? I actually wouldn't sleep on the Francisco Mejia part of this. I know he hasn't really pulled through necessarily, but, 
he, you know, it feels like the Rays, maybe they're buying low on the guy. I mean, he was really like a top-level prospect at one point, especially for the Padres, and he's never really got a chance. And I'm one of those people who thought that he should have played over Austin Hedges. I thought it was absurd that they weren't at least going to try it. And don't get me wrong, he had his moments and didn't really perform. He was a terrible hitter. But I really think that he was one of those guys that if you give him routine at-bats, you might be able to see something from him. And he never really got that with the Padres. So he's a type of guy that seems very Crazy, a type of guy that might really pull through in that organization. And the third guy that I'll serve, that I'll that I'll talk about on this platter that we kind of served up for the Rays is Cole Wilcox, who I talked to Taylor Blake Ward, who's a great, uh, uh, he's not with the Lockdown Network anymore, but he basically told me, you know, and basically from what I've heard around the league is he was a borderline, like, first-round talent that the Padres were able to get in the third round, and people thought that, the you know, the biggest reason that he went in the third round, he went later in the draft, was because people weren't sure if they could sign him, and he got $3.3 million from the Padres, so there's a lot of upside there. I was a little bit... Uh, don't get me wrong, you have to give up stuff. Let's not start, you know, like I said, fetishizing prospects and getting overly attached to them too much, but, you know, it is definitely one of those things where they're, the Pirates didn't give up nothing in this deal. This is not one of those deals where they just fleece the other team and it feels like one of those things where they just got rid of them to get rid of them. It's clearly not that, right? So Cole Wilcox, definitely some upside for that uh, player there and should be interesting to see how he develops with the Rays. And then last and obviously not least, Luis Patino. Oh, man. It's sad to see him go. I mean, he really does have the potential to be something extremely special. Obviously, one of the Padres' top guys, one of the core four of Padres' top prospects. He throws some absolute gas when he wants to. Pretty sure he hit 100 miles an hour. It's a, a couple points a season through 97. And yes, some of that stuff did get taken out of the yard, especially in that first Padres game. But he does have a potentially really great slider, and he's obviously the centerpiece of this deal. And is definitely the top like guy that the Rays have gotten and in quite some time, honestly, it's some would say. I know that they had the glass now trade with the Pirates and all that. The very famous glass now Pirates trade. Uh, but this is a really good player. And here's what I'll say. In terms of, let's break down kind of, you know, that core four. In terms of the core, Patino is definitely the one that I think they could have afforded to lose the most, which makes me happy about this deal. You look at it from this perspective, right? They already have some solid pitching depth. You're First of all, you're getting Blake Snell back, so obviously that's a plus. You're getting a pitcher back in return for Luis Patino. And they also have Mackenzie Gore, who we still haven't, you know, seen debut, and he's expected to be like a borderline ace. That's his kind of uh, talent level, and he's one of the top prospects in baseball, the top pitching prospect in baseball. And then you look at, say, Luis Campizano, who's the other member of the core four there. Campizano, I'd argue, is actually one of the secretly most important prospects for the four, since I, that's a position I'm not totally sure the Padres are for sure locked up in with Austin Nola. I still have questions about his defense, especially with his ability to throw out runners and block pitches from getting behind the plate. I know he's actually a pretty good, decent uh, pitch framer, according to StatCast, but still, it's not necessarily a given thing, especially considering he's not, he was like, he wasn't even a catcher until recently. He actually kind of learned it recently, uh, thanks to his brother, uh, Aaron Nola, right? So that's actually what's hilarious about that. But uh, I actually think he's really important, so I'm really happy they didn't give up him. And like I said, with Gore, he's obviously projected to be an ace and one of the best pitching prospects, so I'm really happy they didn't give up him either. And while he isn't going to play shortstop, as I think was his original position, literally everything I've read about C.J. Abrams, the last member uh, of this core four, it suggests that he's going to vault into the S tier of MLB's like top 100 prospects uh, once an updated rankings come out. So I'm really glad they didn't give up him either. 
So that would be kind of my my way to, to summarize that, right? Out of all the core four prospects, if you told me that they were going to trade for you Dar- any of these guys, if you Darvish, oh my gosh, can you imagine if AJ Preller goes mad and trades for you Darvish too? I, I doubt that'll happen at this point. But if they were to trade for Blake Snell or you Darvish, I obviously would have been like, yes, they're going to have to give up one of the core four. And I'd say the good thing for the Padres is I'd say the most expendable is Luis Patino, given that you already have Gore as the top pitching prospect still left to come up and you're going to have Clevenger in the future hopefully you still have Lamette you still have Zach Davies and of course you just got back Blake Snell which is pretty dang good and then you know just one of the last things I want to say is uh first of all it's just funny uh, I've seen a lot of people bringing up uh Blake Snell's reaction uh last year to the Tommy Pham trade we give a fam up for Renfro and a damn slap dick prospect and it's just funny that now he is being traded to the Padres after all that. It's just so amazing seeing that the Padres and Rays, who, you know, two of the top kind of farm systems in baseball, making all these deals this past, like, 365 days or so, right? It's it's amazing to see them being the two teams that are making trades with each other. It's really quite amazing, actually, uh, especially on the Padres' front. A.J. Preller just clearly isn't gun-shy at all in the slightest. And speaking of A.J. Preller, like I said, what's crazy about the Padres is that nearly their, their entire team, and I've already said this, but it's insane that their entire team has been made through trades and signings. With the exception of Mackenzie Gore, it's insane. Fernando Tatis, he was a trade back in the day. Shout out James Shields, my dude forever Padres legend as far as I'm concerned. Manny Machado was a signing. Tommy Pham was the trade we just mentioned before. You have Eric Hosmer, who, yeah, that hasn't turned out great, but still that was a signing. Will Myers, another one that hasn't turned out great until this this, this recent year. That was a signing. Jay Cronenworth, I mean, Mike Clevenger, Zach Davies came over in the tra- and with Trent Grisham in that one trade. It's really kind of remarkable that this whole team was built off of like AJ Preller himself, like he made these trades. This isn't something he inherited at all, which is why he really needs to be remarked, in my opinion. Uh, assuming, of course, they win a championship, but even still, this is a borderline. Like, this is like a Theo Epstein type turnover. What he's been able to do for this franchise that's been largely a joke. I mean, it's seriously largely a joke. Similar to the Red Sox in a lot of ways, I'd say actually too, and the Chicago Cubs, as Theo Epstein was previously in charge of. Uh, it's really amazing to see how far this team has come, and I'm just so excited about it. So. You know, while the Padres did have to give up some stuff, uh, if it was for Blake Snell and those extra years they have of control, I can't really complain about it for now. I imagine you guys and some other people and some other experts, much smarter people than myself, will have plenty of thoughts on this trade. It is easily the biggest thing that's happened in the MLB offseason by far so far. Uh, I imagine that we're going to hear some other news soon. Um, I'm really glad that we actually got some news. I honestly thought that the next big thing might happen in months. I thought we would it would be the new year. You know, I never thought we would get a big trade like this before uh, 2021 gets here. And I'm really thankful for it. And I'm really thankful that the Padres made it. I love this team so much. And I can't wait to see how this affects the division race next year. Because with the absence of Mike Clevenger, you knew the Padres were probably going to go after some type of pitcher. And now, well, they did it. Ladies and gentlemen, can we all just join together and say... Blake Snell, welcome to San Diego!
And with that great declaration of mine, guys, that about does it for today's edition of the Lockdown Padres podcast, the only pod that may be better than the Padres themselves. Remember to subscribe to the podcast wherever you get your podcasts from, Stitcher, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Himalaya, the Overcast app, which is what I use personally. That's my personal favorite app. Uh, But whatever your favorite app is, just search it up and I guarantee you'll find it. Uh, And while you're at it, actually, I wouldn't mind if you guys send me some five-star reviews on Apple Podcasts if you're on there. We'd love to get that rating up before the new year uh, rings in. Uh, follow the show, which is at LO underscore Padres, or myself, which is at Javapeno, J-A-V-I-I-P-E-N-O. And one last thing, guys, before I forget, betting on the Padres, betting on the Padres to make moves, betting on the ugh, the Chargers, you know, it's something that I don't necessarily uh, suggest, but still, it doesn't have to be a guessing game if you listen to the new Locked on Bets podcast, hosted by your boy Q and handicapping expert Lee Sterling. Get daily picks and quick hitting advice to make the smartest possible wages. Subscribe to the Locked on Bets podcast, brought to you by betonline.ag wherever you get your podcasts. So there's two things for you guys to subscribe to, Locked on Padres and Locked on Bets. Really cool show that the network just launched guys it's been a great day been a great moment i imagine plenty of uh talks on this uh in the future will be due that i'll have coming your guys's way but until that next time stay safe and of course stay faithful my fire faithful homies take care